Hello everyone and welcome to episode 1 of the Setters and Settings podcast, where I examine Haikyuu fanfics on AO3 and talk about their world building from a sociological lens. My name is Leem, and today I will be discussing Lockdown by Death Bell and how it utilizes the differences in how society treats different crimes and how folkways and mores change within different societies. So for reference, a folkway is a social norm that has no real consequence for being broken but it might be considered odd or rude if it is. Some examples of folkways are walking on the right side of the sidewalk, holding the door open for someone behind you, or kind of facing the door when you enter an elevator. There's no consequence for breaking those, but you might get a few strange looks. Uh, So amore is a social norm that does have social consequences for being broken, uh, for example, murder, premarital sex, um, those are just two examples. Um, if you might get, m- if there has more of a consequence than a folkway, um, you might be cast out as an outsider and kind of seen with a little bit of a s- social stigma attached to you, but I'll be getting more into this later. So Lockdown is an E-rated Iwa Oifik that takes place in prison after Oikawa is arrested for a white-collar type crime. So if you're an adult and you haven't read it, please do pause it. <laughs> Just cut me off. I don't <laughs> it this will contain spoilers. So it's a good story. I really like it. It was the first story by Death Bell that I read, and I really like that author, so I'm really excited to be doing this episode. Um, I will not be discussing the E-rated sections, but there is an element of sexuality that kind of ties into everything, but that's not really what I wanted to focus on for this episode. Um, So to summarize the fic, Oikawa is a white-collar criminal that had been stealing money from his job for personal gain. He gets... (laughs) He's stealing... I can't... I'm sorry, I can't speak. Um... He's stealing money from his job for personal gain. He gets caught, and he ends up in jail with all of the teams as different cell blocks. And there's kind of leaders in each cell block, which is the captains, plus the wise of me. Uh, so there are people in the prison that are affiliated with the mob. There's murderers, there's assassins, and all different types of criminals. And this is important because of something I will discuss later, about how different crimes are treated differently in society, kind of based on what society kind of holds within their morals. So in prison, he becomes a Waizumi cellmate and the two start to form a relationship while Oikawa tries to navigate his new life in prison, as well as the consequences of his crime and his actions within the prison. I think this fic is a great representation of what I mentioned earlier and how folkways and mores can change within different societal contexts because morals change from society to society, so to from society to society, and from culture to culture. So, for example, the outside world versus life in prison; those are two different societal structures, and they have different social structures. That's what I mean to say: social structures that have different morals. So, a folkway of one is not a folkway in the other. So, and this also sheds light on how different crimes are treated differently due to social imbalance within the criminal justice system. 
Um, so I'll be looking at that first. And there was a note that I did want to address where um, the author explicitly stated in the first chapter notes that they took creative liberties and that this is not an accurate representation of Japanese prisons. So I'll be kind of looking at this from an objective lens as well as American and Japanese prison systems and kind of including both in how I chose to analyze this. So the story revolves around Oikawa and I really want to look at his story before I start comparing it to Oizumi. But there are other characters that have their own backgrounds and place within the society of the story. And there's two parts to this series. And I've only chosen to focus on the first part. But if you want more background on the side characters, there is a Boku Aka sequel. And it kind of goes into Akashi being an assassin and how he and Bokuto kind of navigate prison together. So this story starts with Oikawa on the bus to prison. So there's no kind of reference to his arrest or his sentencing other than what we hear through word of mouth. Word of mouth, is that the right word? <laughs> um, it's only Oikawa's reflections of the trial and the arrest and other kind of context clues. Uh, so we can use those context clues to assume that Oikawa had it very lucky during his trial. He committed a white-collar crime, he held status, he had money, and he's depicted as a very intellectual and manipulative man. You know, as Oikawa certainly is. Um, he doesn't fit the quote-unquote normal image of a criminal, but a wise me does. He fits at least the physical stereotype of a criminal. He has tattoos, he has a teardrop tattoo, which is a major stereotype, and he has this harsh exterior that kind of makes him a little bit abrasive and rough. And to compare, Okawa is not really that. He's wealthy, he has a job, he has a stable job, he's well-respected. He doesn't really fulfill the stereotype of a criminal, and he uses that to his advantage. So he only gets sentenced to two years in prison. And he doesn't really seem too phased about the consequences of his actions, which is actually a recurring ideal in criminals. As stated in Malin Ackerstrom's piece, Looking at the Squares, he interviewed criminals who admittedly said that they prefer, that, uh, they prefer a life of crime because it's exciting. And it, it's exciting compared to the norm of a stable, steady job. And many who have that life outlook just see prison as a consequence of living life how they want and committing crimes for excitement, for monetary gain, for a career. Prison is just a consequence if you get caught. So Ikawa is able to use his status and his non-traditional criminal, criminal image to sway the odds in his favor, but compared to Oizumi, Oizumi really isn't that lucky. So Oizumi admits when he's in the infirmary um, to Oikawa, he admits that he had been doing drugs since the age of 12, and there are many social factors that could have caused that. None of them are really mentioned in the story, and I don't want to make assumptions about his backstory, what happened, where he came from, why he started doing stuff at the age of 12. It's just kind of stated that he did, so I'm not going to say too much about that. But there is a stigma, especially in Japan, around hard drugs. It's very much seen as like criminal activity. It's very frowned upon. 
and it fits more of the basic criminal stereotype. So you pair kind of his crime and the nature of his crime to his image and how people perceive that type of criminal in this society. So his crime is that he accidentally ends up um, injecting his girlfriend with an overdose of heroin and then she dies because he didn't call the police in fear that he would be arrested for the drugs. So he doesn't call the police, doesn't call an ambulance, and she's dead by morning. So he's kind of charged with with murder, but it's ruled an accident. Uh, so that was when he was 17. And I looked into this, and Japan treats anyone under the age of 20 as a juvenile. And they'll go to juvenile training centers. So this is where it kind of goes into uh, the American system and how people are kind of people who are seen in society as to have a lower status it's kind of taken to the people get charged for harsher crimes they get longer sentences depending on different social factors like gender especially race social like socioeconomic status um those are all things that can influence a sentence for a crime and here, a wise me, he's arrested at 17, he's sentenced at 19, and he's sentenced to 10 to 15 years of prison. And the start of the story, he's only months away from his 10 years in his parole hearing. So, a wise me and Oikawa have major differences in their backgrounds, and they have differences in the surrounding stigma around the nature of their crimes which both have an effect on their sentences. White-collar probably had more victims than a wise mean, but white-collar crime victims often don't know that they're victims until after the criminal is caught, whereas a wise mean's victim, it's something more personal, he was there for it, it's more evidential as a broken moray, again, something that goes against the morals of a, soci of a society. So Oikawa was stealing, and he was stealing for himself, and Oizumi was doing drugs and committed a murder, which are both kind of weighted more heavily on the scale of social morals. So because of this, we can assume that there's a social, because of their sentencing, I should say, there's an assumed social bias around the crimes and how they should be handled. This, and this fic doesn't go much into the corruption within the criminal justice system and the abuse of power within this prison system. Um, I think that was mainly because Karasno are the guards. And again, you can't really hate Karasno, so they're the guards. There's not much corruption within the prison system. But there is kind of implied corruption for... Not corruption, I shouldn't say that. But um, there's kind of implied bias towards the crimes and their different backgrounds and the nature of how they committed these crimes, their backgrounds, um, Oizumi having done drugs for a long time and Oikawa being kind of like the, the straight kind of square, as mentioned earlier. Um, someone who works an everyday job, has a steady job, and would never commit a crime. Um, so the judges kind of screw the wise me over for being of quote-unquote lower status 
with a harsher, more socially unacceptable crime. And Oikawa almost entirely gets away with it because he's able to use these factors in society that bring him higher and give him more power. So Wiseme is not that lucky and he's he's lucky to not be in for life for a mistake he made when he was a teenager. That's one of the lines in the story is that he's lucky not to be in for life. And it kind of is because there is a bias within sentencing depending on judges and judges own personal values the values of the jury, they all have an effect on someone's sentence. So that's kind of all I have to say about the nature of their crimes and the differences of how these two people come together. They both have different backgrounds, they both have different crimes, and they have wildly different outcomes because of it. Because Oikawa can basically do whatever he wants and he can get away with it. Wiseme has to keep following and proving himself to be kind of like the straight man, the in quote-unquote recovery. Um, He has to continuously prove himself to not be the criminal that people think he is. And Oikawa's out there like getting shanks from Kageyama. (laughs) So that just kind of goes to show. Um, Also in the story, we can see a clear distinction between what we would consider a normal social structure and the prison social structure. So, folkways, mores, and taboo are all based on the collective morals and ideas a society holds, and different societies may hold different beliefs. So, for example, one culture may commonly eat beef or pork, and in another culture it's deeply frowned upon. So it changes from society to society, and it's, again, based off of the morals that a society has. So how we judge these breaks of rules changes. So the folkways and mores of the story change because the structure changes when Oikawa goes to prison and he enters a new social structure. So... As I mentioned earlier, folkways are minor social norms that have no real consequence for being broken, but can still make the person who broke them seem rude or odd. So Oikawa breaks a few folkways in the beginning. He kind of talks to certain people he's not supposed to talk to, such as Ushijima. Ushijima is kind of the Shiro Torizawa within the story. They're kind of all involved in the mob, and Ushijima is very high-ranking. And Oikawa is just there talking to him, like nothing, like nothing's happening, and people are kind of find that weird. No one really acts on it because Ushijima's like, yeah, it's okay, but it, it's seen as odd. And he does things like he looks at Oizumi in the shower, and that's just seen as odd and rude. So um, there's no real active consequence other than him getting chewed out a bit. And he's just kind of seen as rude and like learning and they kind of tell him to learn fast. So, but he does break a more. And the more that he breaks when he initially gets there is that he refuses to go through with Bokuto and Kuro's welcoming party where they wanted to, I, I can't remember, it was cutting his hair, shaving his hair, something like that. It's considered tradition and he fights back. So he fights against what is seen as tradition. 
and parts of the prison see this as an offense. Uh, his opposition to tradition and Kuro and Bokuto, it causes problems for him down the line, especially because they have a higher status because they're in charge of the cell blocks. All the captains and then Owaizumi are all kind of in charge of their cell blocks. So he not only fights tradition within this society or the social structure, but he goes against people of power, people who rank above him in the prison system among prisoners. Um, another more that people uphold in the story, and I thought this was really interesting, is when Akashi injures a Waizumi in the showers and no one says anything. No one confesses, no one says that they saw anything, not even a Waizumi says who his attacker was, because you just don't do that. You would be deeply frowned upon if someone were to confess and it may put someone in danger. So that was an interesting moray that people uphold in the story instead of break. So in order to assimilate into a new social structure, one is expected to adhere to the new rules and within that environment, as well as accepting the, th the authority of both the guards and the other inmates. So Oikawa learns and he takes control pretty quickly. Again, he's an intellectual and manipulative man. He constantly uses his power and status, even within the prison system, for personal gain. And by the end of the story, he's strong enough to become the lead of the Seijo cell block, and Oizumi gets his parole. So in the final chapter, Oizumi is shown to have assimilated into regular society after his release. He has a job, he uses makeup to cover up his tattoos, he has a normal image within society and he very much enjoys it. And in the final moments of the story, Owaizumi picks Oikawa up from prison after his release, and he's shown to have no makeup, his tattoos are on display, he's in a rented car that he got for, um, he rented it using money from his job, and I thought this was interesting because it displays a combination of norms between the prison societal structure and the quote-unquote outside societal structure because his tattoos would be seen as deviant behavior um, but he kind of has like he conforms because he has a job he's happy with living a steady life uh, the story has an open ending and it implies that they go on to live a happy free life together and I think it's a wonderful ending for that story. And my closing notes are that this fanfic makes a really good show of how social systems outside of our own familiar society operate and how society treats different breaks in our social rules depending on status, money, and social factors and how that puts different people at different risks. Uh, this fic also describes how different types of social systems can have different rules and how folkways, mores, and taboo can change between two different societies and all based on the morals. So if you haven't read Lockdown by Death Bell, go do that now. It's great. I'd recommend it to anyone. I would recommend any of the stories by the author to anyone. And that's all I have. So thank you all for listening.